Welcome to This Week in Sports with Eric and Cousin Dave. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with David Kramer. Um, we're a little unscheduled uh, week off, but kind of needed. Uh, but we'll get right into it. A uh, lot, lot to catch up on, but obviously some big stories came out. And one of the big ones was uh, WNBA basketball star Brittany Griner being arrested in Russia, um, flying getting ready to fly back to the States for the WNBA season and uh, got caught with hash oil and was arrested in Moscow airport and faces 10 years for that. Um, It's just crazy. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously with everything going on with Russia, this is very interesting um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, and they're just making it making a harsh uh, example here. But I don't know, Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty wild the story, and it's it's I think it's vastly underreported as well. Um, there's a lot going on right now in Russia or Ukraine with Russia. I mean, that's obviously that's that's front page news on every on every news channel. But the uh, I think this whole story is just insane. Like you said, she's been there for for approximately roughly three weeks before we even found out. I don't know if the State Department knew ahead of time or 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 what or kind of what the protocol was, but a couple of things to digest on this. She was basically caught with 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 vape, with a vape gun, with a vape pen and some and some of that oil for that, for so-called vape pen. And uh, ten years is pretty extreme. But I don't know if that's a if that's a political thing, if that's uh that's that that's just the nature of the business over there as well but uh it's crazy and the, the the what's even weird about it is i read i was reading up on this for a while today and it sounds like they still don't exactly know where in russia she is her exact location is unknown still to to anybody who's trying to, to report on the story which is even crazier i think who knows where they have her i mean it's it's in Russia. She could be in some in some basement for all we know, unfortunately. But then you hear some things of why why is she over there? What, what, why why you got to be in Russia? Um, all this stuff going down. But if you kind of you kind of break it down, and an NBA rookie makes nine hundred twenty five k. That's the minimum an NBA rookie minimum salary they'll make. She made two hundred twenty one thousand dollars last year in the WNBA. Now I know there's a big economic difference on the revenue and they pay them what they can, what they can pay them. And, and it's kind of way it is, but she was earning a million plus by playing there in Russia. That's why she was over there. Uh, it was not, not anything political, nothing where she's causing some trouble. I mean, she was she's just trying to earn a paycheck like everybody else does. And, uh, and she gets stopped and gets her bag searched and, and here we are, but there's still a whole lot of unknown in this story. And it's kind of interesting to see where, where it's going to go. I just hope that she, and she's, if she's alone, hope it's just her who gets back safely. If she's with people, which I would assume she would be, I mean, where's the rest of her team? Where's the rest of uh, she's gonna have some trainers over there, stuff like that. Um, I hope if, if anybody else is over there, they get back safely as well. It's just uh, all together, I can't imagine being somewhere in a foreign country detained. It's gonna, it's gonna be one of the most terrifying experiences ever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is uh. Very, uh, very interesting um, to see, uh, to follow the storyline. I mean, 
who knows uh, exactly who knows what's going on. Um, no one really knows the true, the truth. I mean, this is, it's just really crazy. Um, as you said, I mean, she's alone. I, mean, I don't know if she's alone, but she's been locked up abroad right now um, where they, and they don't know really where she was. I thought it was the Moscow airport. I might be mistaken, but yeah, we don't know how long she'd been there detained. We don't know anything. You know, today, the photos, the first photos sur- surfaced of everything. So this is a weird, very delicate situation as well um, with the political climate and and all that. So um, all we can do is see and hope she hope she's safe and hopefully she gets back to the States. And Absolutely. That's really all that we can say on that. Um, Cause again, I mean, the Russia's not releasing information really on anything. So we just have to wait. Um, but that was kind of the big one. That was a big story there uh, that we wanted uh, to discuss. And then we can go into the whole, uh, kind of what we're what we'd be nearing um a few weeks from it is opening day um mlb mlbpa still going at it it's the first two series of this season it's not going to happen it's just stupid um i mean what they're doing but there was uh, there were some concessions made for the 2023 season, which I do want to discuss there because I do like some of them. Um, the first one is the bunt or the the shift. They're abandoning. They're making the shift illegal um, in 2023, which I'm all for. Um, yes, uh, yes, pole hitters, mainly lefties, are are rejoicing for that. And I've said it too. I mean, these are the, and you said it, the argument against the shift is, I mean, these are the best hitters on the planet. Why can't they just stay back on a swing and hit, hit, hit it the other way or bunt down the third? Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see this shift go. Um, wasn't a big fan of it. The pitch clock, um, it's 14 seconds with no one on base, 19 seconds with someone. So that's an interesting one. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on that one as well. But 19 seconds with a guy on base, if he's a base, if he's a threat to steal, I mean, you're basically getting one pickoff. You're not, I mean, that's your move. You, if you, you make the move to pick them off, you got to get that ball quick. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of guys, I think you're going to see the stretch, um, pitching from the stretch go a little, not, not happen as often. I think you're going to see it a little quicker now um, to counter that with guys on base that are base dealers. Um, but and then in large bases, which I guess is to prevent injuries, um, guys sliding in, 
So I don't know your thoughts on that. Um, shift. I, I we talked about that in length last week. You and I did uh, just on the phone, and I 100% agree with you. I get rid, keep the keep how it used to be back in the day, and and just play some baseball. The pitch clock. I get it. I get why they're doing it. I mean, us today, us Americans today, we have the attention span of a of a fly. We just can't uh, we can't process four four and a half hour games anymore, and. MLB under, is understanding that by ratings and revenue a little bit, and they so they're trying anything to keep this game just get sped up a little bit. If they can speed it up ten minutes a game, and that's 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 considered a win in their book. And uh, I'm indifferent to it. Um, I think it it could it's going to help in some instances, but it's also going to it's also going to uh, also going to hurt in some instances too. I mean, especially with uh, you're going to get a pitcher's going to snap a rush. Some pitchers just pitch slow. That is who they are. They're effective slow pitchers, and uh, by rushing them, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna really gonna throw them out of the whack. I would, I would believe. Um, but I think uh, I, I get why they're doing it. Like I said, I just think it's a, uh, it's, it's a speed up game. It's a game to they got to they got to uh, kind of how they did when the when they came back in the shortened season with a runner on on second in extra innings. Um, that was gone now, correct? That's still there. I don't know. Um, I don't know, but I kind of liked it. Um, and I get, I mean, you take the, you take the chances there. I mean, it's a last out runner goes on second. I mean, try to try to score. And I like it where he, I liked it because it brought back some of the old school small ball, which I love in baseball. It does. It did, um, and it also uh, it also brought back it. It also uh, you had some teams just treat it as like a as a huge luxury, and obviously it was a huge luxury. But they, but it, it brought back a, a very aggressive base running. It brought uh, just a, a little fun aspect to the game. Now, I'm a firm believer that in the middle of July you shouldn't be playing 18 inning games, anyways. It's you say that for the postseason. It's a regular season game. I I'd be cool with playing 12 innings if no one's put 12 innings call it a tie and, and move on um we had ties in hockey for so long that you got ties in the nfl i mean it's uh it's a uh it's not a big issue to me and the, the runner on second did prevent long 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 games just due to the fact that people would put runs on the board more more likely than not um but i think uh, this lockout is, is Probably a pretty big deal, but I think it's gonna get resolved here in the next in the next few weeks. I think we're gonna start seeing baseball middle of May. Um, it really sounded like from really big, digging into this stuff is that the owners didn't want April baseball anyways. And can you really blame them? I mean, you shouldn't play baseball when it snows. I don't think. I mean, just do do what they should do in the NBA, like you always talk about: shorten the game to sixty games in the NBA and MLB, make it one forty. Mm-hmm. 145 and uh just condense it from may to uh start, start, start the playoffs in, in middle of september and, and kind of finish you, you don't need to play baseball when it's 20 degrees outside there's really no no need for that and uh i think the owners know that and they uh that's why they're not really in a huge issue to budge this thing goes into june and july then think then we have a real problem on our hands a real big problem yeah, I mean, this is the first time since uh, 
since 95 um, when the lockout happened in the 94 season um, that baseball's missed games due to due to this um, due to mm-hmm. due to something due to a lockout um, and the problem is I talked about this with Jordan Nazan um, way back when we started this baseball that strike it it caused it cost baseball a lot of fans and it took a while for the it took a while for it to be there i mean the dates have pulled up august 12th 1994 to april 2nd 1995 i mean <laughs> the lock is 232 days i mean we're 130 days away from from that mark um and i don't want to ever get to that but it what it did what sports thrive on i mean the mark the market for sports is not your diehards it's your casual fans what can we do to get casual fans well baseball we all know what happened after that um it took a few years, and then that summer of '98, when it, when the home run records started to be realistically broken, it brought baseball back to a lot of fans. And now we're out of it again. So I don't know how baseball can bounce back from this one. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's very hard for them to do that. I mean, this is it's just. One of those things, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, to think that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Manfred is, I know he's working on the, the owners, and he does get, and commissioners do get a lot of bad reputations, but Manfred, I think, I mean, for a while it was, I, Rick Gary Batman being the worst owner or best com- worst commissioner in sports. Manfred makes Batman look really good <laughs> right now. Mm. Um, and I mean, the, the, when hockey locked out in 2004, the whole season, 04 or 05, it, I mean, it came back to that next season. What do they do to get fans into it? Okay, no, no ties after a shootout, or no ties after overtime. We'll do a shootout. Great, and then that cut it still. Okay, how do we prevent a shootout? Fans don't like it. We'll do three on three overtime. So it started to. Batman started to kind of realize what the fans were wanting, and that's kind of where baseball needs to go. What do the fans want? Obviously, we want baseball, but like you said, we don't. Well, I'm a die, you and I, diehard baseball fans, but we agree the game can be long. And I guess that is part of the romanticism about the game. But at some point, I mean, at some point, I think I have bad things to do than sit in the stands and watch a 16 inning game. I mean, free baseball is always good, but at some point you're just like enough like someone someone just launched one 
Um, but I don't know your thoughts on that. You know, you're right. You're right. When, like I was going to say something when you, when you were done talking, but you already said it for me is when baseball comes back, I will hundred percent watch it. Yep. I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here right now saying, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Sorry. No more. I'll watch it, but it's people like my wife who will watch some playoff baseball or hell my brother. He, he's he lives in Kansas. He doesn't, he doesn't watch much baseball except for playoff baseball. He's not going to, he's not going to, buy MLB package and watch and watch some of the stuff. He's, he's considered a casual fan now, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get someone like him to, to go, and they have some things going against him too, baseball does, is they play in the summertime, which where you have to play the sport. And it's, it's, a, it's a fact, ratings-wise, why, they, why they, networks have reruns all summer. People travel, people on vacations. TV is watched because of the, how nice it is outside. So that's that doesn't that doesn't turn affect some things and and there's a ripple effect on that kind of stuff, but at the same time, it's almost it is a regional sport. It's a niche sport almost to a degree. Um, you've 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 been on record saying it's probably one of the hardest sports to to play, hitting the baseball, one of the hardest things to do in all of in all of sports. And I I agree with you on that. Um, but they don't they're not doing stuff any favors at all by appearing snobby rich and uh just out of touch with a normal the normal uh normal people in this world i mean we're just coming off a pandemic where a lot of people are struggling and now you got guys you got guys picking over money and i get it's their job and everything involves around that's their job i mean if just like if you got at my job advanced auto parts if we get we had a lockout and I'd be on the side of obviously the more money and the, and the better wages and everything. Um, but they don't see it that way. People see rich people fighting over pennies and they, they just they, they can't relate. So they, so they get mad and baseball's got, they got some work to do and let's hope it gets resolved soon. The longer it goes, the worse it's going to be for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, look what, I mean, look what, I mean, I'll go back to that 94 strike. I mean, it ultimately caused, I think, the demise of a franchise that could have been great and a market baseball fans um, actually want to get back. Um, that the, 90, the 94 Expos, everyone says prob- probably would have won the World Series that year. <laughs> um, when you look yeah, at Yeah, they that, were good. When you were looking at that yeah. roster, yeah, Google that roster if you don't know. They had they had some fantastic Moises, Moises Alou, Larry Walker, um, Pedro Mar- young Pedro Martinez. Um, I mean, just to name a few right there. Um, mm-hmm. But might have been. I think Vlad Guerrero might have been on that team too. Um, if I'm not I mistaken, was, yeah. But it's, but yeah, I mean, that's it. Cost and that that was the cost of that lockout. It cost a lot of, cost a lot of guys, uh, cost a city, eventually a team 10 years later, it cost, I mean, and the Expos ended up trading those guys. Larry Walker went to Colorado. Um, Pedro went to Boston. Alou, I don't know where he ended up right after that. Um, but I mean, that's what, that's what a lockout affects. Um, so we'll see how it affects it 
the teams this year if it, if it continues into the season. Um, really, I'd be fine with it going until May. That's fine. Uh, it's a little warmer. Um, I've been to enough opening days in Detroit where it's been sunny and 55, which is comfortable. But I've also been to opening day in Detroit when it's been 30 degrees and, yeah, and cold. That's, that's so fun. Um, no, it's so fun. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cold just sitting there um, for baseball. Um, it's not like. What do you think? When, 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 when do you think it'll come back? What's your, what's your prediction? May. I think they, yeah. they can't, they can't afford this thing to go into June. I agree. I think urgency will kick in soon here and they'll, they'll get it done. Um, so that's kind of my thought on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, when I was traveling last week, um, driving to the airport, I had Jay, Will, Keyshawn and Max on, and then Buster only from ESPN on, um, and only's pissed about this. I mean, all these baseball writers are taking the player side. Um, and he said one agent texted players saying, happy or Merry Christmas, happy new year, happy Easter might see you on flight day. Mm. Like, like that's a realism right there. Um, and the lockout went into effect on December 1st and the realization that an agent sent that text up to his clients meant like there's something bigger going on um, with that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I've heard little reports of concessions, but nothing to really move the needle, unfortunately. Um, so as long as, as long as it gets back to mid-May, um, I think I'd be fine with that. So, but uh, yeah, uh, it's the time of year where I'd love to talk about spring training prospects, but unfortunately, can't really do that. Um, we can talk about other prospects in different sports later on, but uh, I know it's one of your favorite times of year. Um, if you want to touch on some NBA kind of run, winding down its regular season. Um, and college basketball heating up. Um, yeah. So. Um, just touching some NBA real quick. Uh, I was actually just had the uh, the Nets game on. Um, that the East side of the uh, Eastern Conference is gonna be phenomenal. I mean, every 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 uh, matchup that you, however it settles down, and however they end up jockeying, tons of storylines out there. Um, whether it's the it's the best team in the East, Milwaukee, it's the 76ers, is it going to be Chicago going to step up? I mean, they've they've had a they've had a great kind of unexpected run this year. Um, the Miami Heat right now, the current number one seed, people are saying that they're the team to beat. I I think it's going to be Philadelphia or uh, or the uh, Bucks. Um, keep us keep a little bit of an eye on the. Uh, on the Nets, but the Nets, the Nets are going to look at the playing game with, with all that drama that went on this year and just not having their players half the year. Then on the, then on the West side, I think it's just, I think it's just Phoenix's to lose. Um, they're just too good this year. I mean, last year, 
obviously went to the NBA Finals, but they went to the NBA Finals, I think, and they were a year away. Um, wild card is this: if they can get, they got to get Chris Paul back in the fray, of course, or they're they're not gonna not gonna get there. Um, it's not like he's ahead of schedule a little bit. Denver, interesting if they get Murray and um, Michael Porter Jr. back. I don't think they might pair them with uh, probably the MVP, Jokic, who I think should be the MVP. Um, got some great storylines coming up. I mean, we're getting down to the home stretch. That's not even we can do a whole podcast on the Lakers and their, and their dysfunction and all that stuff going on. And we'll say that for a different day. Yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, but man, it's, it's, there's some good stuff coming on. It's the time of year. If you don't watch much NBA, start locking in now. There's no more, no more rest in the stars. Yeah. Um, no more out for the COVID stuff. These guys are these guys are playing. There's a draft for seeding, and it's it's a, it's a way we go. Do you, do you have any thoughts on the NBA? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously the Nets. I mean, going into the season, I mean, you just look at that team and thought this is a team that's going to represent. This team's going to go to the NBA Finals and probably win. Um, mm-hmm. and then Harden started to struggle. Um, I feel that can, was part of the rule change, uh, giving the defense a little bit more advantage. Um, obviously, the Kyrie drama, um, KD got hurt, and then they just – just a lot of things went wrong for them this year. Um, probably the most disappointing team in the NBA. Um, Lakers are up there too. Um, surprised you didn't mention this. Uh, and then you mentioned it's – Phoenix uh, in the West, I do think it's theirs to lose. But don't count out on Golden State. Um, Draymond's coming back, and he's arguably I mean, the best defensive player in the league. Um, and that that could give them a big advantage, too. Um, yeah, uh, Draymond coming back is huge. If he comes back in time, he's, he's back. He's had some stuff with his back. The thing that worries me about them is, is Clay. Clay is – right now, Clay shouldn't be – starting on that team he, he, he he's playing terrible and now he hasn't played basketball in two and a half years that's why he's playing terrible but the big thing with clay was he could obviously put up 35 points in a quarter if he wanted to but he could he could guard every position that, that was that's what made him so valuable yes and right now he's just, he's, just, he's a step slow he's he's not he's just not there and he even played basketball in two, like i said two and a half years so that's that's gonna do it that's it's going to uh it's gonna take some time and they're they're uh, they're starting to fade a little bit in the uh, Western Conference, but yes, if they get Draymond back, that will that'll be a huge huge boost to them. He kind of keeps things kind of keeps things moving, not just with his defense, which has slipped a little bit, but his uh, kind of clogs up that middle. I know he's a little undersized, but he uh, just his passing and his, and his leadership skills that, that this guy brings. And uh, but the clay the clay plane is a concern. Hell. Um, Jordan Poole should be should be playing over him, in my opinion. Right now, he's playing a lot better. Yeah, no, but I thought I agree with that. Um, I agree with that. Clay's becoming a liability, um, and part of it too. I mean, I don't think he's in the game shape to play a full season, uh, being, given that he tore his ACL, Achilles, mm-hmm. I mean, just stuff like that back to back. It's tough to it's tough. Um, stuff to come back from injuries like that but uh, it's gonna be an interesting s- season here um lakers like you said i mean there's so much dysfunction there um 
you know, Russell, you know, Westbrook's doing his just, I was, I mean, he's sick of people calling him Westbrook, which, well, I mean, he's been called that for years. Um, but, and he's, and his family's faced death threats, which, come on. I mean, fans, there's no place for that. Mock the, call him Westbrook, tell him he's overrated, whatever, heckle, that's what fans do. Family's off limits <laughs> um, with that stuff. I mean, that's just my thoughts on that one. But yeah, I mean, this is a team, and it's kind of funny when you said that no more resting. LeBron put 56, which um, obviously, I mean, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. I respect his game, probably the best all around player in league history. But after that 56, point game he sat out the next game I mean because he carried that he carried the Lakers in that Golden State game which is impressive that he could still carry a team like that Mm -hmm. Um, but then he rests the game and fans are back to the whole and LeBron's soft blah 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 which I mean his knee I think it's catching on I think it's this is what, the moment I thought of was someone like, I think the age is, I think the age is catching up to him. Um, you've seen him get injured more. Um, what they called really, what's the, what's the reason? Severe knee soreness or something is what was the reason. And it could miss multiple games. <laughs> um, I mean, you're 30, he's 35 years old and put up 56. I, mean, I respect respect the hell out of that game. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think he might have overdid it. At his age, you can't be doing that stuff like that. But this is a, the Lakers are a team fighting for not just playoffs, but for the playing game, for the playing tournament. A position that no one thought they'd be in. So... Yeah, the Lakers are just a mess right now. And when you got you got Magic this year tweeting about the team being disappointing, you got players calling out fans. Got it's just a lot of going at drama in LA right now. Um, but uh. Yeah, um, college basketball, though, um, conference tournaments are in are this week. Um, somewhere last week, a couple teams have already punched their ticket to the dance. Um, Longwood is going in, Longwood to the first tournament. Team that I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to make a run like they have the past two times they've been in the tournament. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago. I, I don't think they're going to make that run like they did last year in Sweet 16 or a couple years ago or a few years ago in the to the Final Four. But it's March Madness. You never know. Um, I don't see it, though, with this team. Um, I just think there's too many good teams out there that I know you, you say it every year. By the time you get to the lid eight, you don't want the – you don't want the 12-seed Cinderella there. You want one through four. <laughs> um, that's what you want. Um, 
Mm-hmm. But you know this as well as I do. There's teams that get overseeded. There's teams that get underseeded. I mean, UCLA last year playing the playing game at, at for an 11 seed went to the final four. Um, you've seen it where what was it? That one year Michigan State was a five seed and went to the national title game. Like it's you just never know. I mean, that's what's so fun about this time of year when you do your brackets and it's every year you tell yourself, I'm not gonna do chalk. And then you look at your final four and it's three seeds at a two. <laughs> or it's <laughs> chalk, or it's chalk, and you're like, damn it. <laughs> Um, because that's what typically happens though. I mean, the best teams do show, but this year, I mean, the way we've seen it, especially, especially the past couple of weeks where, I mean, you had the one through six, one through six teams in the country last week lose on the same day. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's a clear cut number one. Um, I think realistically there's seven or eight teams I think that can win this tournament. And probably three of them are going to be one seeds. One of them I think could be a three. But I realistically, I think the winner of this tournament is going to be a team ranked no lower than three. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right uh, on that. And I'm sure this will be a big topic next week after the brackets released and we kind of go from there. I don't know if we're gonna, how we're going to work on that. If we're going to pick a, pick a winner, pick a final four on here or whatnot. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's five or six really good teams, a little bit of a drop off. Um, Gonzaga, Baylor, Auburn, Kansas, Arizona, Kentucky, Wisconsin. I'm um, not sure, not, not Wisconsin, Villanova. Then if you, then you drop it, I think you go to Wisconsin, Purdue, Providence, Tennessee, UCLA, Duke. No, Duke. you're gonna put Duke in that second tier. I put Duke in that second tier. Yeah, um, they got all the talent. They just they're just so inconsistent to me. Uh, I know I know they only lost five times, so people may think I'm an idiot, but uh, they just I've seen them. I've watched a lot of Duke this year for whatever reason. I don't know why, but uh, they seem to struggle. They seem to struggle. Keep 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 close games. That's that's one thing you can't have in this tournament is close games, and they've got a history of shit in the bed in the first round, anyways. So uh, just be careful. Be careful with Duke. Real high in Kentucky. Young, a lot of freshmen. Yes. But uh, Gonzaga, you want to watch them? They'll be on in, four, in 20 minutes. They're pretty fun to watch. Uh, and that St. Mary's team they play is a good team as well. St. Mary's seems, but, to beat uh, them like, seems to beat them like once a mm-hmm. year. They beat them once this year, yeah. Auburn, probably the number one player in the draft. Um, I know you, you're very high on him, as, yep. as, as am I. The problem with Auburn is losing the guards when it gets down to crunch time. Sometimes they forget who to have on their damn team, and they just kind of ice him out sometimes. I don't know why, but what the hell's going on with that? But that can't be – that can't happen. Um, no, and, and you kind of hit the – kind of said something there about March. Um, two, things, two things to succeed in March, guard play and, and bench. That's what you need to succeed in March. And the team that has yeah, mm-hmm. is going to likely win it. Um, 
I mean, UVA, they were a deep team. Um, the Michigan teams, when they made those runs, good guard play and deep benches. Villanova, great guard play, deep bench. It's it's just kind of a formula that seems to work. Um, that's why Izzo, I mean, I never count out Michigan State in the, in March. <laughs> um, I hate Michigan State. I was actually just in that area. Um, which is great to be there for that Michigan State Michigan game. Um, disappointed there were no couch burnings um, when I was there. Yeah. Um, but Tom Izzo in March is never count him out. <laughs> uh, we know that too well. No, no, much much as I want to this year. I don't think the team's that good. Same as Michigan's team. Um, they just don't have that dynamite score on each of those teams that can take over. But yeah, I, you wake up two weeks from now and they're, they're in the fucking Sweet 16 and you're like, what the hell happened? It's and, time, uh, time is on March. Yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> that's what it is. But uh, yeah, 100% right. What's fun to do? We do, that, we do that bracket every year and it's always fun to watch. It's always, it kind of stinks when you already lost your final four after the first weekend and you kind of. Yeah, that's, been, just gotta, that's, been, that's been me the last four years. Um, you just hope uh, you just hope certain people don't win in that yeah. family bracket, and there you go from there. <laughs> yes, um, but uh, we'd also be remiss um, this past weekend. Um, Coach K, um, his final game in Cameron. I mean, I hate Duke. I have no dog in that UNC Duke rivalry. I just never liked Duke. I think it was because my dad never liked Duke. Um, but I respect Coach K. And this is a guy. This is a guy that did it right. He just stayed in one spot, recruited, won natties, won gold medals. And not much else you can say. <laughs> no, no hell of a coach. Um, you could argue who the best ever is for for days in college because so many guys have so many wins and so many guys have certain titles. But it's hard to win a title. It's really hard to win a title, especially how in, in the one and done format in, the, in that tournament. I mean, one average game, you just lose. Yeah. But yeah, I never really, I never had dog in a fight either. Coming from coming from the north, like you, Eric, and uh, I always thought UNC was the cooler school. I guess I don't know because the, they were the first the, like the Georgia brand and and whatnot and. Uh, but I didn't care either way who who won who. Um, Coach K, I I, I respected him because of the Olympic stuff and his ties with some of the young the young guys coming up. Like with he was really into Kobe's ear. Kobe and him respect each other. Him and LeBron. He had an ear with some of the elite elite uh, NBA guys, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, remember he was almost Lakers coach. Yeah. After two thousand eight, maybe two thousand nine, but he yeah. turned it down last minute. But uh, yeah, he. Uh, Moments too, like any coach does, like that. Never forget the day they just he, he never he pulled that Oregon player aside and scolded them after they beat Duke for celebrating too hard or something like that. And uh, he doesn't need to do that. But uh, he's a good. I think great great coach. Is he? I guess he's all the way done. I mean, he's old, sixties. But he, but the thing I like about him is he recruited and he and he adapted. So when when Calipari and these guys started going on one and done, getting these 
elite guys out of high school, knowing they're only going to be there for one year. Some coaches really pushed back on that and said, no, 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 I want to build a program. I want to, I want guys that can be here three or four years. I can grow them into men and I can help you graduate, et cetera. And, and that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And people thought if you, you recruited these Elton brands or you recruited these, these Kyrie Irvings, that you're doing something wrong. You're almost cheating the system because you're just hiring assassins essentially to, to hopefully you can gel them for a year. And that's just kind of how it is. That's yep. how the NBA wanted things. They wanted to go there for one year and, and he, he embraced it. And it worked. He, he won a couple of titles that way. And, yeah. and good for him to not get stuck in his ways and, and understand. I guess that's what makes him a great coach. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely he, adapted, he adapted. To the, he's adapted to the change of the game and recruiting. Because um, for a while, I mean, yeah, you're right. When Coach Cal took over at Kentucky, that's when we really saw the one and duns kick in. And all of a sudden, Duke was kind of like, uh, we're a little hesitant. And then mm-hmm. he started recruiting those and they've been back to where people hate him. Um, and that's winning. Um, but uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not a Duke fan. I mean, obviously, but just, I really, I will always respect coach K for what he, uh, what he's done for the game, what he's done for a lot of those kids lives. And they had something like what, like 92 former players there. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, look, you can say what you ticket, want. The tickets are to get, that, to get in that game was high, higher than some Super Bowls, from what I read. Yeah, insane. Yeah, I saw a screenshot of not of like upper level for like one hundred thirty-three thousand a piece. Mm-hmm. And sad thing is, I probably sold that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But. uh but it was uh, it was good. Um, I mean, great career. Um, he's, I mean, he is done. He's been doing this for a long time. And any coach that can get LeBron, Kobe, and Carmelo to play together and not kill each other, <laughs> you did a great yeah, job. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, college basketball is picking up. We'll obviously touch about this uh, talk. Probably most of the episode next week is going to be March Madness um, as it will kick off next week. Conference championships are done. Um, but we'll go into the – we'll end it, end it with the last topic. Combine week's done. you think that would be the big news. I'm so glad we are doing this tonight instead of yesterday and missed it because <laughs> the news cycle today was nuts. Um, but – Real quick, I mean, the combine, you had, what, six receivers run up sub four fours. Um, you had four running backs run under there, so there's a lot of speed in the draft. Um, those Georgia players, I mean, we knew that defense was good. Their combines were better. I mean, they, that Georgia defense, I think three or four, easily four Georgia players are going in the first round. From that defense, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Quarter some of the quarterbacks worked out. I mean, it's I don't know. Quarterbacks are kind of a crapshoot this year. And based on those workouts, the edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson, very likely, I think, could be the number one pick. Um, Thibodeau is 
I don't know. I, something about I'm questioning his work ethic, though. Like that, I think that's the one thing to question. Um, I'm not sure if you have thoughts on that. No, I, I, I've been on this pod and I've said Aiden first already over him because of that work ethic stuff. Now, all the, all defensive linemen don't go hard every play. You can find plays where Hutchinson takes takes a play off. Just you can't. You physically can't. And uh, I just think overall, I, I'd rather go with a guy that that you seem like. It just seems like he's just he can, he's a bit more than the other guy. He uh, the combine stuff was pretty pretty close and everything. It seemed like well, just I mean, a few tents here, a few tents there, a couple of agility drills. We'll see what happens in a pro day. Um, I guess can't go wrong with either. It no. sounds like uh, Jackson. I mean, this is rumor. I mean, all these rumors now you can't believe, anyways. But you read. I mean, I I read I think three different things this week what Jackson was going to do. I heard one they're, they're going to trade out of the pick. Yep. Two they're going to draft a, an offensive lineman. Three they're going to take Hutchinson number one. Yep. To make Detroit trade up to get him. And so, regardless, uh, I hope he's there at two. That'd be a blessing for me. As a Lions fan, um, but I think if he's gone at one, Detroit might trade down. I do think yeah, that. Or I, I would agree with that. Because um, mm-hmm. if I mean, that's the case, trade down and go get Dean. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nicobe Dean. I mean, mm-hmm. just I didn't watch much of Georgia, but I watched uh, enough of that semifinal game against Michigan to see him mm-hmm. to see that red jersey virtually everywhere on the field. <laughs> um, whether it was in the backfield, whether it was covering a tight end, a receiver, um, the guy's good. And if we trade down, I would say to five or six. He should still be spot. there. This is a good spot to get yeah. him. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously we'll do more mock draft stuff later on. Um, draft season, yeah, it's all smoke right now. I'm not buying much. Um. The franchise tags um, deadline passed, and uh, I don't know as Lions fans, it's kind of disappointing that virtually every receiver got tagged. Um, yeah, God, when I wanted, but I don't know. I don't try. I it's hard to really. It would be hard for me to justify paying a free agent receiver coming off an ACL injury. That's just my opinion on that, um, especially how late in the year it was. Um, but with medicine now, I mean, he'll be back, I think, by training camp. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, Mike Williams signed a pretty good deal for the Chargers. Um, when he's healthy, he's really good. Um, but uh yeah, um, it's, a, it's a deep draft for receivers, too, so I'm not too worried. I would love to get a gap gear guy uh, before – while also drafting a, our first uh, – our wide receiver one because uh, that's what we desperately need as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if you have thoughts on the receivers or any franchise takes that surprised you. No, I, it's, I mean a lot of tight ends got got tagged, which I think was smart because it was it was a low number this year, a little over ten million it seemed like, and because uh, 
I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're going we're gonna to pay our tight end more than $10 million a year, I would believe. I mean, he should make more than, than Kittle. Kittle. I think Kittle's the highest paid at like 15. So uh, we'll be paying Hawk more than that, just I think just because it's his time to get paid. But uh, Andy's really good, so don't get me wrong about that. I think it's justified. But, yeah, a lot of tight ends get got tagged. Um, Receiver-wise, there's, there's, there's a ton in the draft. This draft is loaded. And we're going to go to that. I think when we talk about our next topic here with, with Rodgers, that's where I was going to go is that, that man, he, he's going to get something that one of those guys at 21 or 22, whatever they pick at, one of those Ohio State guys or, or whatnot. But uh, it's, a deep, it's a deep, deep for wide receivers. You, just, you can get a couple there. You're right about Godwin, though. I would not want, want him. I mean, you're going to overpay for him anyways, I'd imagine, to come to Detroit where we are. So it's smart, it's smart for him to take the money possibly to do that. But then at that point, you're getting all that money. It just screams slower recovery to come back on the field. It screams mm-hmm. more maintenance. There are just a lot of things that, I, that I, would not, I would not want to worry about when you're paying a guy $30, $40 million guaranteed, whatever, whatever number is going to be. Yeah. Yep. Um, absolutely. And you, know, you kind of segued it a little bit. The Rogers saga is over. Um, he announced he's going to resign with the Packers, um, much to, again, our dismay. Um, but this question's on initially came out um, four years, 200 million, 153 guaranteed. Um, Pat McAfee, his boy, um, <laughs> they're basically, I mean, that's what they are. They're, they're boys, they're brothers. Um, they're, they're good mm-hmm. friends. So they, McAfee said it's the reported numbers are not accurate. Rogers even tweeted out the same thing. So we don't know the true number. Um, it seems, I think it is going to be that. I think it's going to be that um, astronomical yearly um, AAV. I think it's still going to be high, but I don't think it's going to be the length that people think that initially was reported. Um, I think it, you're looking at maybe a one to two year. I think you're looking at two years probably, and then possible opt out for the third. Um, that's where I think you, that's where I think it's going to be. Um, I know, I know last yesterday, um, it was reported that the Packers are ready to make him a milestone offer. And I jokingly said, yeah, what four years, 200. And when that initial report came out, I was like, I really hate myself for saying that. Um, like, I don't know what I did to piss off the football gods, um, that have put me in this misery when it comes to football season. But we'll see. Um, we'll see the true numbers. Um, I don't, cause I don't think it could formally be announced right until the league year. Yeah, probably. Um, something like that. They, they won't announce the numbers. From what it sounds like, um, digging into this stuff is, uh, he, he's taking, he's going to take a huge, huge team friendly deal, which I don't, I don't buy. Um, <laughs> The guy, the guy wants money, yeah. I would imagine. He wants to be respected and paid. And he, he deserves it. I mean, the guy's good. He's good. He's, he's, yeah. he's an elite talent. And uh, people like uh, um, Derek Carr and, and uh, Ryan Tannehill are making 40, 
and and uh, Ryan, Matt Ryan are making $40, 40 million plus a year. Why the hell can't this guy? I mean, Stafford's going to make that kind of money, and he, he deserves it. I mean, and, and Rodgers is better than all those guys. But yeah. regardless of the money, I think he's also said too that he, he wants his friends back. He wants his he wants his guys back. So so if he, if that's if that's the case, got to put his money where his mouth is and take less and 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 build and build he's, this team and he's got to do and a make Brady, it a he's got to do a Brady deal. Yeah, some kind of some kind of a guaranteed money deal or and stay out stay low um, yearly salary and kind of go from there. But uh, I, I do agree with you. I, th- I think it's going to be a shorter deal than four years. I just think the guy doesn't, doesn't want to play football too long. I think retirement was a real option for him yeah. from what it sounded like. And the Jeopardy stuff, people laughed at him about it last year, but he wanted to do it. He sounded like he really, really wanted to do it. And it, the guy's – how old is he, 35, 36, 38. 37? Okay, so he's 38. So he's been playing football for a while. Mm-hmm. And – uh I mean, I mean, he's been haunting us for 50 years, it seems like. But uh, yeah, the whole team has. His, t- his, t- his time is, is coming to a close, and it sounded like it was retirement, the Packers, or the Broncos. Yep. And it probably was smart staying. Just he, he, he knows the coach. He has his personnel there. He's got, he's got his buddy receiver there. He's got, he's got some things. And uh, they get the band back together. They got the NFC North. Which is not a great division. I mean, the Lions are still rebuilding. The the uh, the Bears are new coach rebuilding. They got a quarterback, maybe. the The Vikings are kind of a uh, they're going into wild rebuild card mode. Team. Yeah, they got some. They got some still some really good players and yep. some skill positions, and kind of see what happens. So they could they could go. I mean, win twenty eleven games, win the division, and kind of kind of go for the playoffs. I don't know. And, and go on from there, but I know I'm rambling here, but he, uh, decision, which I hate to say that because I don't want him in that division. It would have right. been awesome for him to go into the, uh, go to the AFC. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't think very many more years and let's just, uh, let's see if he gets that ring. What's your yep. guess over under, over under 0.5 rings the next three years for him? <sighs> I mean, you got to win once only. Yep. Um, I mean the team is the team is so talented. I mean, I honestly thought they would have won it this year. Like I really did. Yeah. And it, it pains me to say they, it. I think they get yeah, I agree with you. I think they get the Super Bowl in the next three years. One Super Bowl. Yeah. Whether they win it, I don't know. I mean we'll, we'll talk about this soon, I imagine. But the AFC is loaded. Yes. Loaded. Yep, we'll go right into and that. Um and uh whew. Yeah. No, it's um yeah, they soon after Aaron Rodgers' uh, deal was announced or that he was going back, it was just Denver's like and Jerry Judy tweeted out like a great like a smirk emoji like great we didn't get our guy and then an hour later the alert comes through <laughs> Bronco blockbuster deal Broncos trade for Russell Wilson like what like. They had that deal. They had that deal in place for it to go that quick. They're like mm-hmm. they told Seattle, like, "All right, here's the deal: we want Aaron, but if we don't, here's our offer for Russ: Shelby Harris, good young defender, defensive lineman. Noah Fant, great young tight end. Drew Lock just thrown in." 
<laughs> um, and two first rounds, two seconds, and a fifth. Denver gave up a lot. Um, but they still have a really good defense in Denver. They still have a really good offense, good running game. Um, with Williams at running back, you got Jerry Judy, you got Cortland Sutlin, you got you got Tim Williams, who's came out of nowhere. I mean, this is a good team. Um, I see, I actually see some similarities to when Indy made the trade to Denver for Payton, or when Denver traded for Payton. Except mm-hmm. he's not in the except Russ. I don't think he's quite in the twilight of his career like Payton was. I think they're going to get a little more years with him. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on that. I do agree with you on that part. I do have a question, though, about that is Russ wasn't good last year, I don't think. Um, I mean, the team wasn't the greatest that they had either. But two things I want to, I want to ask you on is in that division, is he the third or fourth best quarterback? Would you take Carr over him or him over Carr? Obviously, you're putting Mahomes and Herbert. I would, I would assume one and two. Yes. yes. Or do you put, or do you, or do you put Wilson too? I mean, I don't know how you feel about him. Um, as, as I think his, I think he's talent wise. I think talent wise, overall talent, that's the best quarterback division in in the league. Um, the division is yes. The rank them though. What's your ranking of those four guys? Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, Carr. Yeah. Okay. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I think last year Carmine might have had a better season, but I think overall you put Wilson, Wilson over him as a better quarterback. And I, I do agree with you, the similarities on the team. Um, those are some very, very good skill position players. I know a lot of people don't don't really follow the Broncos because of how bad they've been. But they uh they got they got a good head coach now. I, I think he's a good head coach. And they yep. got a uh and they got some really good receivers. Yes. Phenomenal receivers. But uh, so, yeah, I agree with that. That uh, He's probably third in that division. Um, he's, and he has more years than Peyton does left. But your Seattle, though, man, it's just so hard. In my opinion, it's just so hard to trade a franchise quarterback, even though, even though what you get, what you get in return. I mean, all those picks are worthless if they don't find another quarterback to replace them. I mean, you could be so good with everybody else, but if you want someone to throw the ball, you're. I mean, it's, it's done. And uh, they've got two pretty. They got two picks pretty close to each other, though. This year, they do. Maybe they'll um, get somebody, but at the same time, but I don't think you're gonna. You're not gonna get a quarterback. I don't think this year. Not well, not this year, year. No, next year's the year. I mean, this is why, as a Lions fan, I'm like, okay, keep mm-hmm. golf. Pray to God so we don't. More year. Pray to God we don't actually managed to win something <laughs> um, and get Stroud, get Bryce Young. Um, those are the, obviously those are the top two quarterbacks. Those, those guys are going to go one, two in the draft. Um, the problem is when you're looking at it, um, Oh, we can touch on this later too, but next year, what teams are, what teams will struggle that will need a quarterback? Um, that's going to be your question to ask. Um, but one last topic too. Um, I almost caught myself for not for forgetting this. Um, I know the 
other big one that came out yesterday, um, the Calvin Ridley situation. Uh, I know initially you had some thoughts on it because um, this is more up your alley than mine. Um, so obviously he got suspended for the year um, for betting for betting on the NFL, which you can't do. But he also bet on his team. Which you yeah, that's a no no. That's a no no. When we first we, when we first talked about that, I was and I kind of defended. You did. To a, and I defended him. I said, if he's not betting on the Falcons, what the hell does it matter? In my opinion, um, these guys, these these syndicates. I mean, these guys that just do this for a living that go from book to book and have, have guys sprint to casinos to lay bets on certain numbers. They they get information more than a lot faster than than we get it than than hell than like Adam Shuck these guys get it they just have, they're just so plugged in and and really is away from the team on on COVID basically and he's in Florida betting on this stuff what does it matter as I thought about it more I, I like to retract that and first of all he bet on his team that's a no no never and I'm I'm to the point now where he's an NFL player he shouldn't bet in the NFL and bet on a different sport fine. But at the same time, and that's in the rules. That's I, in the rules. I, I, it isn't. It is in the rules, and I get that. Now, I think a year is too much. But I'll get back to that in a second. With with the uh, gambling's got going anywhere. Just it, it's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. It's a multi-billion-dollar industry, just like just like marijuana is, and it's slowly getting legal in every state. It's not there yet. Just like just like marijuana isn't. It'll be there in the next 10 years, I'd imagine, just because there's too much revenue to be put down. States need money. I mean, and they, and they can build better roads, better schools, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, with this money. But uh, you, should not, you should not bet on a sport that you are physically in. And I take that. I, I was wrong on that the more I think about it. But a year is a lot, especially in this instance, I think. I mean, you got this guy who bet five parlays what a parlay is people who don't really understand you're betting like five or six teams to win. If they win, you get a, a really great payout. Usually it's yes. very, it's very high and odds. And you don't very, have to put, you don't have to put much to on, you don't have to put much on that no. to make a good amount of money. No, correct. And it's, but the reason you get that, cause it's very hard to win. It's, exactly. it's very hard to get that to, to hit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a losing experience more so than none, but so he got suspended for a year um, for betting on, Five times, I think it said, uh, different parlays in Florida, then came back, came back to Atlanta, um, joined the team, etc. Stephen Ross reportedly paid his coach, offered his coach so many thousand, hundred thousand dollars a game to throw a game so they get better draft position. But the NFL spent this guy for a year to protect the integrity of the game which I get the suspension part because you don't want every day you watch, you watch a football game and you're the fan of that team that just lost by a holding call. You think was a holding call. You think this fucking thing's rigged, but you got NFL owner down there saying, doing that, doing the exact thing that the NFL is, is suspending this guy from. And there's no issue with, there's no, I mean, there's a little bit, I guess there's investigation going on, but nothing's come of it. Right. So there's some hypocrisy things that I think is kind of goofy. No, I agree with on that. On the whole thing. I agree and, with that. It's uh, very hypocritical. 
but but again, I mean, it's years, the, years a lot. But he spent basically he spent fifteen hundred dollars on his parlays. Now that's going to cost him eleven million dollars. Yep. Not not a smart move, Kelvin. No. Plus, you're due for another payday coming up because you're a good receiver. Yep. And uh, yeah, and no, it's just it's just stupid. It was stupid. Yeah. For him to yeah do that. Very stupid. And I think what the I think the biggest thing and someone actually tweeted it is why he got caught was because one he used his phone to make the bet which again use somebody else's phone use a burner phone track phone whatever (laughs) um use that um and then it was because he brought it into uh here it is legal bet in florida with hard rock mm-hmm. they notified genius sports who oversees the betting integrity for the nfl oops yeah i mean it's up getting track and track all that stuff i mean he would have bet offshore bavada my bookie pinnacle something like that he would have been all right probably because they don't track they can't they can't really get to that kind of stuff but do something just, like that, you deserve to get caught. Um, they're just dumb, especially yeah. if he uh, did it recreationally. I mean, I thought it was like I said, I still think a year is too much, I don't, but I don't know what a what a reasonable suspension should be for something like that. I mean, I think they, um, I think they put it in like it would be a year if you got caught betting. Yeah, like regardless, uh, like which again, that's a whole nother issue um, because. Um, some of, there was a tweet about major NFL suspensions. Um, Ray Rice, and we all know that he got two games. Greg Hardy, crazy shit there, four games. Adrian Peterson, what he did with his kid, six games. Zeke, domestic, six games. Kevin Ridley, as they put in using FanDuel, um, 17 games. Josh Gordon, six seasons. Well, Josh Gordon did this whole other issue there um, with him. But Ray Rice never played after that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like that. Greg Hardy should never, ever have stepped back on the football field with what he did. AP, again, there's, I think, a lot of different stuff there. Zeke, I mean, his issue there was that. So I get their inconsistencies, but I mean, some of those guys, I mean, two of them I mentioned, one never played. Again, one should never have played. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's messed up um, that some of their rules are like that. Um, but unfortunately, I don't have a say in that. Otherwise, I'd fight for betting to be half season. And then Domestic violence should be a full season the first time. And if it happens again, you're done. Um, I think that that's the serious nature of that. But yeah, um, it's an it's an interesting development to see if he appeals. Um, one thing I said immediately is this guy needs to get off Twitter, get off social media, because he's not helping his cause <laughs> doing this. Um so we'll 
we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. And what would have happened if they traded him? Would that would Fieldman voided, or would they just been? See, I don't know. But the thing is, uh, from what I read yesterday, Atlanta didn't. Atlanta held off because I think yeah, because they were, knew. Yeah, they knew. Um, yeah, they knew yeah, like, yeah you're right about that. Um, it's not like they knew and they they were they were just, they like, just kind of got mom. They, they... We're like, and they're just like, no, we're not going to trade him. Um, according to them, it was in good faith, uh, which I I respect that. I respect Arthur Blank for doing that. Um, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, there's other teams out there. I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. I mean, he wants to be traded. Teams are willing to trade for him, but even Houston's like, um, we really don't. I mean, as much as we'd love to get all these picks we don't want to screw you guys. Um, so it's kind of nice mm-hmm. to kind of see that <laughs> um, change, you know? Um, but yeah, there's some other things the NFL needs to worry about. Um, besides that. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Um, as always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Dave Kramer. Take care.